Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right. Uh, I'd like to welcome to the show, Nick Thompson. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing fine. How are you doing? I appreciate you coming on the show. I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited to chat with you. Um, we've got a lot to discuss, I guess you could say, but audiences obviously know you from your time on the Netflix series, Love is Blind. Uh, let's take the audiences back just a little bit to the beginning. Why did you initially apply from the show and what was that process like for you? I was actually recruited for the show and the casting process on LinkedIn. I received a message from one of the casting agents. It was really funny. She was like, and she was great the whole time, but it was like, hey, you look very successful and handsome. Are you by chance single? I'm casting for Love is Blind season two in Chicago. And I was like, huh. So I had heard of the show. I didn't know much about it, um, but I had heard of it just because everybody watched it and was talking about it when COVID first hit. And so I, why not, right? Like, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So I'm like, let me just take this call. And then um, one thing led to another. And the next thing I know, I'm getting the phone call that I've been cast on the show and that I fly out in about a month. And um, next thing you know, it's it's today, I feel like. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that process was was pretty tough, actually. It was thorough in in a sense of, um, the amount of interviews that I had, the amount of, um, you know, psych evaluations for lack of a better word I had. Um, so that was, yeah, that was the process. It was, it was for me, it was pretty quick. I know for others, it was a lot longer because they had started the process before COVID and then had tried a few times to start it up again and hadn't been able to do so. So I know some people were kind of like a year and a half, two years of, of this casting before we got there. But for me, it was just a few months. I think it's funny. It's like they found you on LinkedIn. They're just looking. It's it, it's funny to me because like so many different people I've talked to, it's like they found me on Instagram. They found me on this. That LinkedIn, I think, would be the last place that I think people are looking for singles. But I guess that makes sense. I mean, you look successful. You're good looking. Why not shoot the shot in the DMs? You know what I mean? Like in a different way. But um, you hear that? Everybody exactly. shoot the shot in the DMs. You never know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? You never know what's going to happen. And, you know, the other thing, too, is I've come to believe, and this is my speculation, but I've come to believe that they actually have these shows more scripted than we think. And I believe that they had like a certain type of uh, persona that they were looking for and that they would cast a few people that fit that persona. And I believe that I was one of the people that was, you know, successful. I had my, my life together. I, you know, own property I've, you know, I've had, I mean, I successful relationships, I guess that didn't work out if you want to put it that way, but you know, I kind of, I knew what I wanted. Um, I was able to articulate what I was looking for in someone very clearly. And so I think they had me sort of cast in this role of, you know, one of the dudes that has his stuff together. And um, one of the reasons I think that too, is as soon as Danielle and I connected, they sent home the other people that I would have put in that persona category with me. And I think they were just potentially like, okay, now we've got our, our love story. Um, now let's go drum up some drama with everyone else and us 
Yeah, and and us. Um, let's let's take a little bit for the what it was it initially about Danielle in those pods that was like what made you guys want to hit it off right away. Um, so I I don't remember exactly when, but it was towards the end. So there's 15 men, 15 women, and you do speed dating on the first day for seven minutes. And um, I had gone through I think 10 or 11 or 12 at that point, and I was just. I had made like some surface level connections like, oh, you practice yoga, I practice yoga, you know, stuff like that. Um, but then there was something, it was honest to God, like an energy. Like I walked into the pot, I was exhausted. I was like, I'm kind of ready to go home. And um, I walk in there and there's just something about her, something about her voice, something about just, a. it was a feeling. Like I, I don't really have a good other barometer at that point. But then the next day, um, you know, I felt like we both started feeling like we knew when we were going to be talking to each other, because you don't you get a schedule of what you're doing, but you don't know who you're walking in to talk to. And so we just started like bonding over that. And um, we, we really, sadly bonded very closely over having um, grown up, you know, products of divorce, and how we wanted to rewrite, like what a family could be like from our past. And that was one of the big conversations we had early on that that made me feel very connected to her I remember the I don't remember who it was I interviewed and they said that whenever you guys go into the pods you don't know who you're talking to because I remember I don't remember what season was somebody had walked into the pods and thought it was somebody else and everybody made that fun was of my that season yeah, yeah everybody made fun of that and then it was like to find out now like you really genuinely don't know unless no. that person opens their mouth that what they're going to say or who they are and so like I you feel bad for that but um well and then you think too it's like hi, like how many people just say hi? And right. it's like, everybody sounds the same because you say it high pitched. And you're like, you've talking, like you said, you're talking to 15 different people. Some of the people might have those same mannerisms and same height, the same voice in their pitch and stuff like that. It's wild to think about dissecting the show a little bit more than what you see on the surface. And yeah. obviously one of the big goals of the show has been seeing the the aspect of dissecting the behind the scenes of the humans, you know what I mean? They, at the end mm -hmm. of the day, each person that goes on the show, yes, they volunteer to put themselves out there. Yes. They volunteer in, a, in an aspect in a way and, and put yourself out there to everybody, these millions of people that are going to, you know, garnish it up and chew it up and spit it out. But at the same time, Nick is still Nick. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like the, what we see on TV might not exactly be what Nick is in real life. And that might not be Nick's fault. And a lot of people don't understand that aspect of things, which is the nice little segue. You guys get down to Mexico. And, and to me, this was a very pivotal moment of why I really fell in love with you guys' story in some aspects, because to me, mental health is something we'll talk a lot about here. But like it's something that's very important that's not spoken about quite a bit. So mm -hmm. in that aspect, you watch the episode and you see Daniel kind of have this breakdown and seeing a breakdown live on TV, not cool because, you know, it's a real human. It's not a TV show. It is a TV show, but it's not a TV. This is a real. Not human everyone game. looks at it that way, though. I'm glad to hear you say that, because that's what I've been been saying all along is like, hey, like even if someone says or does something stupid or out of character, they're still a human being in a highly sensitive situation. And I. I don't think I said anything or did anything out of character. Like I've been very proud of that the whole time, but that doesn't mean that they couldn't edit me. And they, they had some weird edits where I'm like, well, that's out of context, but um, you know, they, there's not, there's not a lot of people that look at it that way. They're just quick to judge. Like what they see is, is fact. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I've noticed it a lot. 
I mean, every season. I've watched every season. I dissect every season. But again, only recently, in the last few months, I've kind of looked at it from a different point of view. Like I watched season four a lot differently than I ever watched season three, two, or one because of the conversations I've had with individuals. But it's right. Like looking back, I was like, even the interview I did with Danielle, I was like, man, I was a fan of this. And then we had talked about it. And it's like, wow, like this is what really went down is understanding that the things behind the scenes a lot of stuff that you like that went down in there obviously it was portrayed to be this big conglomerate between you two oh my god like you know in my opinion at the time maybe the strongest couple in the show you guys had a lot going on for you so it's like all right how can we alter that and this was kind of an eye-opening experience for me as the viewer but take it from your point of view and kind of replay that for everybody so I've said this before, but um, living it, watching it, and then talking back about it, you feel like you're gaslit. So I remember, I think, <laughs> what happened. And then I watched it and I was like, that's not what happened. But then I'm like, is it what happened? Because you see it. So I understand that. But from my perspective, I was at the couple's party. Danielle was sick. Um, we decided that I would go for a little bit and come back. She had a panic attack. They coming, they come to bring me back. They don't tell me she had a panic attack. They don't tell me anything. They're just like, go in there and be close to Danielle. She's on the end of the bed. She's not miked. Um, but so stay close to her so we can pick up the sound. And I just had this realization yesterday, but how was it that she couldn't go to the couple's party, but they could bring the cast and the crew and me and film. And that's outside of how could I go to the couple's party if she was in a COVID scare and I had spent the entire time with her. Like, none of it makes sense. And I think what, you know, happened, and her and I have talked about this excessively through the years, but we we were boring in the pods. We had one, one moment early on where I had still been, I was still talking to someone else and we weren't exclusive. And we talked through it and we were boring. We had fun. We made jokes. We made balloon animals. Like we did all this, this silly stuff. So we were building our relationship, which is why I think we were stronger than a lot of the other couples because they were still searching for it and we were already building it, but we were boring. And I feel like both of us thought we weren't even going to go to Mexico until, you know, we, we were there. And I think they, the fact that they brought in a, a new producer that hadn't been on the show and hadn't um, seen our story or experienced it live or anything like that really put a damper on, um, you know, our story and what it, what it, how it would have been otherwise. Yeah. That's one thing that I've, it, it is. It's like, and that's why I said, I, when you look at it, look back, whatever I'm watching it as somebody on the outside looking in, it's like, you guys were, it's like, you watch this. It's like, all right, to me personally, boring is not necessarily bad. Like, I mean, I understand it's not great television per se, but the thing about it is, is there's still a lot to like watch with these shows because you're still having to go back from the bubble in Mexico back home. Like that's not easy. You're like, you are in a bubble, like you're in a bubble, you know what I mean? And it's like, no you're phones, living this- no contact. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and then you go back home and you have to adapt to your everyday life, which is not easy. Again, you're supposedly marrying this person in this situation in like a three week or four week time frame, whatever it is. And you're having to include all of these, incorporate all these things. Now, when you get back, everything that unfolds, what's it like handling kind of the fame that comes with the show? Yeah, that's, that was the most, um, you literally wake up one day. I literally woke up one day and went from 348 followers to 7,000 just because they announced the cast. 
<laughs> then you have the phase of the show coming out. Then you go into the hundreds of thousands of followers on social media. And that's after they realize a couple episodes in, Danielle and I are going to be a featured couple. So we were both going through that. And then there was so much, everyone watches the show, right? I mean, I think it's been, I think it's watched more now than The Bachelor, but um, everybody's watching it. So now you're not allowed to be seen in public together either until after the reunion airs. So there's so much going on there that you're kind of dealing with it a little bit alone as it's happening. And then it's just, you know, it's, falls to the wall. Everybody everywhere recognizes you. I remember we went to Las Vegas for a, actually a Netflix event. And it was like every three people was taking pictures. And then last summer, I'll never forget, we went to an art fest here. And we're just like, walking around the, the Well Street Art Fest in Chicago and or Old Town Art Fest, I think it is. And we're walking around, we walked the whole thing. And I think we took no less than 100 pictures with people. So it is very, um, it's very different. And I was worried about it a little bit because uh, I'm, I'm a private person, was a private person. And <laughs> that was the biggest adjustment for me was that people now, um, you know, they know me for this relationship and they know me for it not working out. And that's gonna, that's gonna change in time. But um, that's a weird thing. Cause I've, I've always been more of a like behind the camera person when I wanted to, when I was a writer, uh, wanting to be a filmmaker and a screenwriter and you know, president when I was younger, I was always someone who was, who had like the ideas. I was going to be, you know, known for my ideas, not for me. And it was weird because it was the opposite. And I wasn't used to people um, necessarily, I guess, really, it was like the things that I talk about, the things that I care about, like didn't really get showcased too much in the show outside of the DIY toothpaste. And so it was really weird for people to, to like, get exposed to another side of me. And that wasn't always something that was easy. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Speaking of uh, further upon that, how do you think, obviously the shows, we know the shows as big as it's ever been. You know what I mean? They try to do an, a live show. They couldn't do it because so many people were trying to what watch it. It was, a, was. it was a complete disaster. But this show is not yeah, going anywhere. I, I ran the I ran the chat with Cheesecake Factory on their Instagram Live because it was just such a mess. <laughs> yeah, it was insane. It was crazy because like everybody was just like, "Well, we don't know what's going on." Because of that, how do you think? In just in your in your version, how do you think that they can show a more authentic version of some of these individuals on this show? So I think I think there's a way to do it. I think there's a way to do it healthily two where like imagine a scenario where when Danielle and I would get into a conflict we had and again you're in these conflicts because you are in a hyper intense pressure cooker environment you're not in scenarios you would ever put yourself in in real life like so you know anxieties are high the nervous system's off the charts your brain chemicals are all off everything that regulates your body and your system and your consciousness is just thrown all over the place so you know for example we were we filmed a cake tasting scene, got in a conflict and we shouldn't have never, we would have never been there in real life because my family dog had just passed away. My dad was distraught. My nephew was distraught. She had something going on with her family too. And instead we're sitting there like with these things in our mind, 
having a conversation about cake. That's not how real life works. So I think, I think there would have been value in seeing how we learn to cope with tragedy in our families. So why not record that? Or, or if we're in a, you know, in another conflict, why not have a couples therapist come in and be like, you guys, let's take a pause. Let's navigate this. Let's build healthy um, conflict resolution habits instead of the toxic ones that make good air quotes, reality TV. And I, I think that would be something genuine that people would want to see. Like I'm very politically active, for example, and there one line about capitalism made it into the, the thing, but like even others have been like, I would have loved to know more about, about this. And, you know, it's just things like that, that, that they're not, they're not interested in telling that story. No, I mean, we don't trash shells. You know what I mean? That's at the end yeah. of the day, we, that's what they're trying to sell as well. Let's talk. You can the unscripted cast advocacy, advocacy network. I'll say it right. It's one a hard time. word. <laughs> it was, it really, <laughs> I get what? really nervous every time I, I have to pronounce what it is. I just go super slow. Cause I'm afraid I'm going to screw it up. <laughs> Do exactly what I just did. Right. All right. <laughs> the unscripted cast advocacy network. What made you want to start it and tell those who are listening that might not know what it is, what it is. Sure, you can foundation was started about a month ago in order to have a couple outcomes. Number one, we want to make sure that we get adequate mental health services to reality show contestants past, present, future. Why is that? Because they all say they do it. And um, none of them that I've seen or from anyone I've talked to have done it the right way. So I want to make sure that people aren't left in the cold. Um, you know, Danielle and I had a hard time and reached out for help finding a couple's counselor, just pointing us in a direction. They offered to pay for it in the contract. That never happened. Um, so just reaching out and making sure that all of these people know they have support. So that's the first and foremost. Everyone should have access to mental health services because this is insane. And anytime you're put in the public eye under this pressure, you deserve to be supported. The other thing is there's a lot of um, legality in these contracts. They're 20, 30-page contracts, and they say things like they can defame you, you will be publicly ridiculed, you will, you will, um, you can basically edit things out of order, you all this stuff. So I want to make sure that we have legal support for people so that they understand their rights, because defamation is illegal. And you can't contract yourself out of something that's illegal. So there's just different things that I want people to really have access to understand, because I didn't have anyone, um, review the the contract. I reviewed it myself and I had some amendments that I needed made, but like, I wasn't going to pay a lawyer to do that. I didn't have that, that kind of financing who does. So I just think we're trying to provide those support while also forcing change in the industry and advocating for um, awareness of how there are no labor laws protecting reality cast members. There are no laws in place that you have to service these people. The only time we got a break when we were filming in the pods was when the union crew would swap out for the next union crew to come in because they had maxed out their hours for the day. Meanwhile, we're filming, we're not getting access to food and water that we did that we wanted. And, you know, we're sleep deprived and going through these extreme situations. Yeah, it's, it's, again, it's one of those things that's kind of shocking, because the 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 mental health aspect of it, first off, let's first and foremost, the the filming situation, obviously, I, you know, filming all day, when you come back, like you're filming while you are still doing your everyday day to day life, right? People, I think, have the misconception that you're on a reality show, real life is thrown out the, out the loop. The only time I think real life is technically thrown out the loop is when you're in the pods, correct? Yeah, I would say so. Pods in yeah. Mexico. 
Yeah. So oh yeah, positive mentally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then after that, you're dealing with that. But then there's the the aftermath of everything once the show airs, too. You know what I mean? You're already dealing with enough. And then you have people like even on the most recent season, you have people like Jackie, you know, you have people that have to turn their comments off because of things that happen. And again, what I always like to put it is what would happen if you had the camera put in your face as the person that's watching, right? You know what I mean? These people that mm -hmm. comment, the hate, the kill yourselves, the, that that where's you signed no, up for it. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like what your goal is to help combat the mental health from start to finish, right? Yeah, because you don't know what you're getting into. I was in the best mental space of my entire life before going on this show. I've been in the worst that I've ever been. And it's because, and I have support. Like, that's the thing. So you don't know what you're getting into. You don't know who, who knows what about you and who pressures you. And, and, you know, I literally just heard earlier today from someone that um, producers would like sneak in when you were in the bathroom and read your journals and stuff like that. I mean, just these, these things that are, are supposed to be like your sanctuary and your privacy, you, you don't have any of it. You, they know so much about you from these psych exams. They know how to pry on your insecurities and stuff too. Um, what's next for Nick and where can everybody find you on social media? Um, yeah, I'm going to be continuing to push the, the you can foundation push for change in the reality TV space. Um, I am, you know, also, I also have a podcast that's relaunching for season two called Eyes Wide Open, and we are going to be addressing um, the stigmas around mental health, free speech, um, overall wellness and holistic health and any other type of, um, you know, stigmatized subject that you can think of. So I encourage you to check that out. I'm going to continue promoting that. Um, I'm also going to continue advocating for mental health, and you can find that on Instagram at nthompson513. Um, I'm at TikTok at Nick Thompson 513. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn too, which is where I post some of my professional stuff, um, but also the role of mental health in the workplace, which I have learned through my leadership experience is not talked about enough either. So we've just got to keep working towards that and removing those stigmas. And I'll make sure to add the link to you can and your Twitter and everything, or to, I mean, your Instagram on the uh, podcast page real quick, just a few this or that questions will get you out the door Let's here. Do it. All right. So, Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Hot coffee or cold coffee? Always cold brew. <laughs> it's the best. Really, <laughs> right here. <laughs> Wine or beer? Um, well, I'm gluten-free. So if I have a really good gluten-free beer, I'm all for it. There's a few out there, but I, I do enjoy wine as well. Is hot dog a sandwich? Oh, I would say no. I think it's its own thing. And last one, does pineapple go on pizza? Not on my pizza. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Nick, thank you so much for your time today. <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.